Alrighty. If you could open in your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 20. Uh, good morning. My name is Riley. If we haven't met yet, thank you for being here at Sovereign Grace. Uh, this is one of the best moments of the service. We read the Bible many times during the service. I didn't want to say the best because we read it lots of times, but reading God's Word is the most powerful thing we can do. Last week we were on retreat and we had the amazing gift of prophetic word come and speak and show us God's power, uh, that God is present and near. And the same Holy Spirit who spoke to us last week through prophetic word inspired the Bible that we're going to read this morning, inspired the law that we're going to discuss in the Ten Commandments. The same God who met us last week meets with us this morning as we hear and sit under his word. So let's do that together as a church. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, 2, and 12. Remember, let's place ourselves back onto Mount Sinai, where God is speaking on the top of the mountain to all of the congregation of Israel. There's fire, there's smoke, there's thunder, there's lightning. As he addresses his redeemed people, his saved people from slavery, and now teaches them how they are to live before they enter the promised land. This section is called the Ten Commandments or the law of God. And in it, we see that this law is a gracious path to life, even though it comes from a smoking, burning, fiery, thundery mountain. So let's have that in our minds as we come to God's word this morning. Would you read with me? And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And verse 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Almighty God, I pray and ask that you would bless the preaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This fifth command um, is something that we've all experienced. Everyone has been born into the world with, as a child with parents in whatever circumstance that looked like. And for me, I was brought up in a pretty safe, um, very good home. I was very blessed. And I was a pretty obedient child, more or less. In fact, I learned the kind of pattern that if you obey, your parents like you. I wanted to be liked, so I obeyed. And I kind of figured that out. That's the kind of way the world works. But when I was in early high school, I don't know what happened. I, 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 got, I got with these friends and, you know, we were all nice and, you know, polite and respectful um, and then we decided that it'd be really fun to go camping. Uh, and we thought we'd go camping, we'd go just down from my mate's place in the bush. And one thing kind of led to another, and this camping trip turned from just being a nice little boy's adventure into the wilderness and became a really disobedient um, and sinful affair. Uh, we told our parents that we were just going to go have a nice camping trip, but what we actually ended up doing was stealing alcohol from our parents' liquor cabinets, pouring it all into one bottle, and as 13 or 14-year-old young guys in the middle of the bush, drinking and getting drunk and partying and being stupid and foolish. And I remember at the time thinking about this, thinking, like I was going to youth group, I was going to church, and I was very ignorant about sin, really, but I knew what I was doing was wrong. I was aware I'm not meant to be doing this. I knew I was breaking the law because I was 
very much under 18. Uh, and I wasn't so concerned about that because I thought, oh, I'm not going to get caught. I didn't really realize that getting drunk was against God's will and God's way. I hadn't figured that out. But I knew in my heart that I was doing something wrong. I was disobeying my parents. I knew that because I wouldn't tell them what I was doing. I never kind of let them in as to what was actually happening or gave them much detail. I knew I was dishonoring my parents or disobeying them, but I distinctly remember having this thought, that even though I knew something was wrong, my thought was this, it's only disobeying my parents. It's only disobeying my parents. That was my mindset when it came to honor your father and mother, the fifth commandment. I had such a low view of that, that even though I was in this rebellious kind of sinful practice and God had panged my conscience, I knew it was wrong. I lightened that command by diminishing it to, oh, it's only disobeying my parents. It's not that big a deal. But as we're going to see today in this command, in fact, the very word honor demonstrates that this command is a weighty matter. This command is actually incredibly important and will lead us into life. No matter what your background or culture, you probably have different experiences to me about what it looks like to be a child in your parents' home. If you're like me from a more Western background and were sort of dismantled and deconstructed all authority, you might not have had a very authoritative home. Your parent might have been at best your friend, but at times your enemy, uh, you spoke badly of them, you didn't really consider them an authority figure, uh, and that might have been your experience. They gave suggestions, not rules. Or perhaps you came from a different cultural background, maybe Eastern or you know, a, a more authoritarian culture, and so you very much grew up with honor thy father and mother. And it was very clear that was the, the line of obedience and authority, that was the expectation, honor your elders. But it can also flip into other forms as well. It can become very serious and you actually are sometimes called to honor your father and mother over your God. And So wherever we come at it from our cultural background, whether we abdicate authority or have domineering authority in our lives, what we need to do is not just mimic our parents or reject our parents, but actually sit under the word of God. Because God's word will protect us from those twin errors of abdication of authority or domination of authority and actually teach us what does it really mean to honor our God by honoring our parents. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to unpack just this one verse and see its implication for our life. And it's a very simple text. Um, There's only really two parts to it. Part one, the command. And part two, the promise. And then we're going to spend a little bit of time at the end applying the sermon and seeing how does this work out in our lives today. So part number one, the promise. Let's read again the verse. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. If you remember the Ten Commandments, they're split almost into two halves. Love your God and love your neighbor. The first four commands really relate to our relationship with God vertically. And the, the five through ten relate to our horizontal relationships, how we deal with one another in the world as a result of how we worship and love God. And it's interesting that the first command when it comes to honoring and loving our neighbor begins in the home. 
the first and preeminent relationship, the first neighbor that we come into contact with as a child into this world is that of our parents. The most important relationship we have in this world until we're married is that with our parents. And hence why God, when he's speaking to his newly formed nation, as they're gathered before they go into the promised land, he establishes the authority structure of the Israelite nation and gathers them around the family. God, parents, children. And so we need to kind of figure out how this all plays together. And so to understand how this command works, I thought I'd give us a little bit of a definition. So what does it truly mean to honor your father and mother? Well, Paul Tripp kind of summarizes it like this. To honor your father and mother is to treat them with respect and esteem because of their God-given position of authority. I'll say it again. To honor your father and mother is to treat them, emphasis on that word, it's an attitude, with respect and esteem because of their God-given position of authority. So there's two parts to this definition, what we're to do and why we're to do it. And we're going to just unpack the what bit first. Um, Let's zone in on that word honor. What What does it mean to honor someone or something? Uh, This is one of those times when knowing the language can really help you. I don't know biblical Hebrew, but other guys do. And in the commentaries, they tell you that the word um, actually means heavy. To honor is to be heavy, to be weighty, to be significant. In fact, um, that word honor is the word which is used for God's glory, his weightiness, his significance. And so when God says, honor your father and mother, he's saying, Consider them as weighty, as significant, as worthy of respect and reverence. Indeed, in the same way you honor me, have due reverence and respect for your parents. To kind of understand this a little bit more, if you see the opposite of that word, curse, to curse your father or mother or to curse God, the word curse means to treat lightly. So we treat lightly our parents when we curse them. We treat them as if they're nothing. Or we honor them. We treat them as heavy, as significant, as the command says. So that's the first thing. If we understand what that word means, it really helps us to get a word picture of how we're meant to view our parents. It's, we're not meant to just do things. We're meant to have a whole attitude toward them. I found this really confronting this week as I studied it because I don't think I'd really ever got this. And I, I did feel, I felt like a tinge of like, ah, oh, I've missed out on so much for 28 years of my life. I, I don't think I've really considered them as significant and weighty. And maybe that's your story. Uh, but God has grace for us yet. John, um, John Dixon says it like this. The fifth commandment calls for more than simply obeying our parents or speaking nicely of them. It asks children to adopt a stance toward their parents that pays them deep, almost divine respect. Does that reflect you and how you view your parents? Weighty or light? Notice too that this command is framed in the positive. It's not a thou shalt not, it's a honor. 
the, the, the sense of this command is it's an active thing that we're to do. We're called to make an active decision. I must honor my parents. Um, thou shalt not murder. You can avoid murder. You can't avoid honoring. You actually have to pursue it. It's something you have to do. It's not passive. So it requires more of us. It requires intentionality and it requires effort. Another thing about this command is it actually, God speaks it to all of Israel. This is not just a command for children. We don't need to just get all the children out of kids' work and bring them in, though that would probably serve a lot of the parents. Uh, But it's for all of us that sit here. From childhood into adulthood, we are to honor our parents, even after their death. It's a very significant point, which we'll talk about later. And note too, it's not just honoring the father, which would have been very common in ancient Near Eastern culture, but notice it's honor your father and mother. Fathers and mothers are uniquely and both gifted as image bearers of God. They have equal dignity and equal value and equal worth and both deserve honor in the home. Isn't that a beautiful thing that God speaks from the mountain to all of Israel and says, lift up your mothers. Such a temptation, I think, sometimes for men to view their mothers as less. And God is saying, no, 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 consider them weighty, significant. To honor your father and mother is to treat them with respect and esteem because of their God-given position. So What does this kind of look like practically? We're going to do that more later, but just for now, it kind of looks like this. This is what it looks like to honor, I believe, whether it's honoring your leaders, honoring, you know, authorities and well, but honoring your parents. Here's here's a few things. When they speak, you gladly listen. When they counsel, you lean in. When they command, you cheerfully obey. When they're not present, You speak well of them. When you think of them, you consider them as highly esteemed. And when they are in need, you support them. Because of their God-given position. And that leads us to the second half of this definition. To honor your own father and mother is to treat them with... Sorry. To treat them with respect and esteem because of their God-given position. That's the the why. You see, we don't just treat our parents with respect and esteem because they're bigger than us. Because one day, like I am, I'm bigger than my parents. Uh, So that doesn't work. We don't just do it because they're wiser than us because we might end up surpassing them in wisdom and knowledge or because they're older than us. We treat them with honor and respect because of their God-given position. They inherently do not deserve honor and respect as sinful human beings. They don't deserve it. Their position of honor is God-ordained. God has placed parents in the lives of children as his representatives. And therefore, because God has placed parents over us, we are to respect their authority because they stand in the place of God. One commentator says it like this, Desmond Alexander. Since the concept of respecting or honoring is often associated with God or his representatives, this word, this command, elevates the status of a father and mother within Israelite society, giving them an authority 
not unlike that enjoyed by God himself. Arguably, parents were envisaged as representing God to their children. I don't think I've ever, I I didn't see the world like this. This was part of my parenting problem because I didn't see myself as a God-given authority in the home. Um, the, The pastoral team will tell you, you know, I was struggling in that area, and it wasn't until I was in pastor's college, and I, I just, we, we got taught on this, and I saw it, and I wrestled with it, that I realized that, oh, it's not about me, this moment, this moment, asking my children to obey. It's not, I'm not asking them to obey me. I'm asking them to obey God, and I'm God's authority in the room, and so therefore, I'm meant to command them to obey me, not because I'm super important, because I don't, I don't think I am, so I would just let them get away with things, because I'm like, oh, it's just me. But once I realize that I have a God-given position of authority, then it's not about me anymore. And I have a duty to my child to teach them to obey God by honoring me. And it changed the whole game for me, because it changed the way I saw myself, my role, and it changed the way I taught my children. Because the way we treat our parents often is the way we end up treating God. You treat your parents lightly, you treat God lightly. Treat your parents with honor, you treat God with honor. And it flows out into all other authority relationships in the world. Teachers, bosses, law enforcement, etc. We see the seriousness of this command, not just because God says it from the the mountain, but because in the flip side, many times um, in the rest of the law, God actually commands quite a serious penalty if children dishonor their parents. If a child continually and repeatedly disobeys and dishonors their parent, treats them lightly, This is what the law requires. Exodus chapter 21, verse 17. Whoever curses treats lightly, his father or his mother shall be put to death. That's pretty... I I remember reading those verses, and it's in Romans 1 as well. It talks about like really serious sins, and it mentions disobedient to parents. I remember just thinking, oh, that's funny. That's so archaic. But no... It's an incredibly serious point that if you treat your parents with disrespect and dishonor in Israelite society, it's like you're treating God that way, and therefore you are worthy of death. In fact, in Deuteronomy 21, the elders and the people of the nation were to be you know, brought into council, and the parents would bring their child and say, this is my stubborn and rebellious son. He will not listen to me, though I plead with him. And the whole community would stone the child to death. It's brutal. And it shows just how far my thinking had come from the biblical worldview. How highly esteemed parents are meant to be, and yet how low I grew up with them in my mind. We don't do this because they're bigger, stronger, or wiser. We honor our parents because of their God-given position, their God-given authority. So what does it mean to honor your father and mother? To honor your father and mother is to treat them, to have a stance toward them with respect and esteem because of their God-given position of authority. Now, this command could have just been a command on its own. But it's actually a command which comes with a gracious 
promise. And that leads us to point number two, the promise. You may have noticed in the rest of verse 12 that there's a reward attached to obedience to this command, which is incredible because the command could have come with a curse instead of a promise. It could have come with, honor your father and mother or you'll be destroyed. But instead, God appealing to the nation of Israel says this, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. There's a promise attached to this command. So we all have a vested interest in this command being obeyed. The Israelite nation, the, the health of the whole nation was dependent upon individual family units teaching their children to honor and obey God and honor and obey mom and dad and to live that out throughout their lives so that the nation would worship the Lord and not follow false gods. Worship the Lord and walk in righteousness and justice. And as a result, they would live long in the land. They would enjoy the prosperity of Canaan. They would enjoy the beauty of the land of milk and honey that God was promising them. And so God from the mountain says to his people, do this and I will bless you. I promise to reward you. You see the graciousness and kindness of God. He is severe. He has high standards, but he loves to bless. Unless you think that this blessing is only reserved for Old Testament Jewish people, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul commentates on this command and he says this, Children, talking about young children here, but children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. You see, this promise is extended to the New Testament community of Jesus. For those who follow Jesus and love Jesus, we have a promise that if we too, you and I, every individual in this room, honor our father and mother, we too will receive this general promise of a blessing. Now, it's not a guarantee that if you get 10 obedience points, you'll get 10 extra years of life. It's not that kind of command. It's a general command. It will go well with you if you honor and obey. You see that in school when students honor and obey their parents at home. They do it at school. They seem to go better. Um, in the workplace, uh, you know, Noah Chavez is not here so I can talk about him. They, he works at McDonald's and they, they just have no idea what to do with the guy because he obeys promptly, cheerfully, goes the extra mile. He loves the authority. He works within it and he blesses his workplace. And the, the, his boss keeps saying to him, I wish I had 10 of you. And, and they're like, how did you learn to be like this? And Noah just says, I was trained by my father, you know, and, and that's true. And that's the blessing. He may live long in the land. Noah gets more hours, more pay because of the way that he honors and blesses his parents. And we see this in all areas of life. I would have been blessed to be protected from sin and terrible memories and things that I wish I never did if I had have honored and obeyed my parents. It's a promise. Paul connects it. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. So we do it out of devotion to Christ, not purely for reward. We do it for him, for it pleases him. But there is that sense of promise, and we don't want to lose that. It's a grace to you and I. 
is a promise. Obey and be blessed. Honor and be rewarded. It's a beautiful thing. I want that for myself. I want that for my kids. I want that for you and your kids. And that's why it's kind of the Lord to address us in this command this morning. So, honoring our father and mother. The command, we're to treat them with reverence and respect. The promise, you'll be blessed in the land. You will live long in the land. Point number three, the practice. What does this look like in practice? I thought we could kind of apply it to a few different little categories this morning, and we'll see how we go for time. But firstly, I want to apply it to the teens in the room. Um, So those who are teenagers, if we had the children here too, I can see my son Judah, he's seven months old. I'm applying this to you, buddy, as well. I'm not sure how much he'll remember. But to the teens in the room, you have a unique season in your life where you are under your parents' authority in the home and you get this opportunity to honor and obey and experience the blessing of God in your life. Isn't that awesome? It's an opportunity, not like this dreaded command, oh no, my parents, what are they going to steal from me? No, it's the opposite. If you honor and obey, you'll be blessed. Um, I think you teenagers in this church do an excellent job at this already. It is such an encouragement to me to see how the Lord has trained your parents to train you and how you respond to your parents. I wish I was a youth in this church because that would have saved me a lot of harm and it would have saved me a lot of problems if I had been friends with guys like Josh who honors his mom and dad so well. I love Josh's Facebook posts every now and again where he's like, I just want to honor my mom. She's amazing. I want to thank God for her. And I'm like, who does that? But that's amazing, and keep doing it. It's fantastic. Uh, But a few words um, that I stole from CJ Mahaney and Kevin DeYoung's sermons on this. I thought they were very helpful. So teens, here's six things you can say, six things you can say to honor your parents. And adults, you can listen in, train your kids, or do it back to your parents too. Say this, ready? Yes, mom. Yes, mom. Dad, cheerfully, quickly, obey. Uh, Last weekend, we experienced the Spirit of God move amongst us powerfully through prophetic word. I saw the teen corner, you know, crying, many tissues going out to the teens. And you, I could sense you guys want to be full of the Spirit. You want to be full of the Spirit, teens? Say, yes, mom, because the Spirit of God loves obedience in children. And you will, in a unique way, please the Lord by obeying your parents with a prompt and cheerful attitude. And you'll blow their socks off. <laughs> you'll, you'll shock them. Secondly, second thing you can say is, thank you. Your parents are not your slaves. Uh, they are your authority. And they do lots of things for you. They sacrifice their entire life for you. And so one way you can honor them, to consider them esteemed and valuable, is to not assume what they've done for you is what they ought to do, but thank them for it. Thank them for dinner. Thank them for the washing. Thank them for the lifts. Thank them for everything they do. Spend time thanking them. And adult children, we can do this to our parents too. Thirdly, say, Sorry. You can avoid much conflict in your home, teen, if you admit that you are in the wrong sometimes, too. I know 85% of the time it's your parents, they're full of sin, but every now and again you need to admit, 
that you had something to play in the altercation, that you were impatient or selfish, if you say sorry, you will honor your parents. Fourth, say hello. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Say hello. Think of something to say when you come home from school because they're going to ask you, how was school today? So already plan in your mind something that treats them as worthy of your time. I know you're hungry. I know you got study. I know you're worn out. But think of something to say when you come home from a party, when you come home from youth. Prepare your mind to honor your parents by giving them a weighty moment where you engage them in conversation. Do not grunt. Grunting is not allowed. Another way, say to your parents, what do you think? One of the greatest ways you can honor your parents in this season of life is come to them for counsel. Ask them, who do you think my friends should be? What music or movies should I watch? You can show them and bring them into your life and actually ask for their counsel. They've been teaching you thus far, and it doesn't stop at 14, just because they're not cool anymore, and you've figured that out, doesn't mean that they can't have a say. They're wiser than you. They'll protect you from sin. Bring them in when you have a love interest, and you're trying to figure that out. Ask them, what do you think about this person? What do you think about me dating? Bring them in when you're having conflicts with your friends. Don't think that your problem is too hard for them and they'll never understand it and it's just all too hard. And so you spend 15 hours a night, there's not even that many hours a night, texting back and forth, <laughs> trying to solve some problem where you could just go to your parents and say, hey, this is a situation, what should I do? Honor your parents by saying, what do you think? And finally, say good things about your parents when they're not present. Lift up your parents in their absence. Never talk badly about them behind their back when they're not present. Even if all your friends are doing whatever they're saying, always treat your parents as weighty, as significant, as worthy of reverence and respect. So teens, there's six things you can say, getting very, very practical. Uh, But to the adult children in this room, those of us who have parents who are still with us and not um, haven't passed from this earth. Uh, one of the things that I learned when studying this command was how we as adult children actually have a responsibility to our aging parents. See, the Israelite community, they didn't have a welfare system, they didn't have Centrelink, they didn't have you know, money coming from the government. The welfare of their parents as they could no longer work was dependent upon the children. And so God commands all of Israel, honor your father and mother to consider them weighty and significant, even into their old age. And the Bible, um, Jesus actually reaffirms this in Matthew 15. You can read that later. But I want to read to you in 1 Timothy 5, uh, verse 3 and 4 and verse 8. 1 Timothy 5. And we'll see how we actually have a calling on our lives. No matter what everyone else is doing, we have a calling on our lives to care for our elderly parents, to support them in their old age. 1 Timothy 5 says this, Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and make some return to their parents. For this is pleasing in the sight of God. Verse 8, But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith, 
and is worse than an unbeliever. It's a, it's a very heavy command there. And I'm not going to give specific recommendation as to how that looks, but it has to look like something. I can't tell you what that looks like for your particular circumstance, but it has to look like something, lest we be deemed denying the faith and worse than an unbeliever. I also want to make a word to those who, for this, this is a very unpleasant topic, thinking of your parents, whether that be because of some form of abuse, abandonment, neglect, um, the devastation you saw in your family home. Uh, I'm aware that in a room like this, we don't all have happy memories of our childhood. We don't have present happy memories when we think of our parents. There is, we live in a broken world. We live in a sinful, horrible world at times. And I want to encourage you that whatever your circumstance is with your parents, that because of God's kindness to us in Christ Jesus, we have a new family We have a new father. In fact, God says many times in the scripture that he is closest to the broken and the oppressed. And so if that's your story, may these scriptures that I read to you now be of comfort to you. Though you feel like you cannot honor and deem your parents as worthy of respect because of what they've done in your life, know this about God. Psalm 68 verse 5. Father of the fatherless and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. Psalm 27.10 For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Isn't that beautiful? Whatever your story is, the Lord will take you in whether you've been abused, abandoned, neglected, whether there's terrific, uh, terrible tragedy in your family history, because of Christ, the Lord will take you in. And to the parents in the room, I've already made mention of this, it is our joyful responsibility to stand as God's authority and to train our children how to honor and obey us as worship to their God. We can't delegate this. We can't, you know, absolve ourselves from this. It's our job. It's my job as a father to train my children to honor and obey me. And it's not because I need that glory. It's because I want my children to worship and honor God. And it begins in the home. Uh, With a word like this, with an application like this, in the short time that we have... I have felt this week myself like a failure. I felt, oh man, I've made so many mistakes. I have dishonored my parents and other people's parents with rude um, speak, with you know, not treating them as significant. I've at times not trained my children in the way they ought to go. And I, I felt at times this week my guilt rising up. And I actually was trying to avoid sometimes this sermon because it was actually not nice for me to think about. But as we end, I want to end with this incredible, beautiful reality. That although every single one of us in this room has disobeyed the fifth commandment to honor your father and mother, God, the perfect father, sent his son to perfectly obey the fifth commandment in our place. 
He never dishonored his parents. He never disobeyed. And he never dishonored or disobeyed his heavenly father. Even unto death, Christ the Savior, on the cross, while he was being crucified for my disobedience of the fifth commandment and yours and your children's and your parents, on that cross, when he was being crucified for this command, he honored and obeyed it. His mother, in John 19, we see that she was in the crowd. His father had already died, and so she would have been left without children, left without support, and as the eldest child in the family, Jesus supported his mother even when he was dying. He said to John, or he said to mother, um, mother, woman, behold your son. And to John, he said, behold your mother. Even at death, our Lord perfectly obeyed this command so that for all of my brokenness and all of your brokenness, all of our failures in this command, all the guilt that we bear for dishonoring our parents was poured upon him. And his perfect, sinless record of guiltless honoring father and mother is transferred unto us when we put our faith in Christ. And not only that, because of his resurrection, we are given his Holy Spirit and we're given new life so that although we can't change the past, we have power for the future. Under the word of God and the power of God, we can live by grace to honor our father and mother in the days ahead. That's our only hope. You're not going to do it. Willpower will only get you so far. You need the Spirit of God to fill you with power in those hard moments to honor your father and your mother for the glory of God, for the good of your family, for the good of this church, indeed for the good of the world, that we may live long and prosper in the Lamb. What does it mean to honor your father and mother? It's to treat them with reverence and respect because of their God-given position of authority. And if you do so, you will receive a blessing and a reward as you uniquely please the Savior. Would you pray with me? God the Father, we thank you that you sent your Son to die in our place for our sins, especially the sin of dishonoring our parents. Lord, we need your grace as children, as teens, as adult parents, as elderly, to obey this command. Lord, would you help us as a church to be countercultural, to consider parents as esteemed, to revere them, to respect them, to have a weightiness about them? Would the children of this church obey with prompt and cheerful obedience? Would we be known because of the way we don't disobey our parents? Would we shine as lights in this world? And may all the glory be for you. Lord, bless us as we go and seek to obey this command. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.